Good day, comrade. Welcome to episode number three. everybody welcome to episode three i am mike welcome to the mike is always right podcast so for episode three we want to introduce producer victor uh producer pablo is off this week we have producer victor and he is actually uh where are you from victor i want to say you're from georgia but you're actually from georgia aren't you uh, Victor's actually a good guy. He helped coordinate our Russian national anthem uh, for the show, and uh, we want to get into some things today, and he is definitely going to help us with our production value. So today we're going to talk about COVID-19. We're going to talk about communism. We're going to talk about our slow pivot away from democracy, and and really... We are now in, I believe it's day 375, 376 of our 15-day shutdown. Remember, we were we were just going to shut down so that we could flatten the curve. I don't know if you remember flatten the curve, flatten the curve. That was that was the big thing. We wanted to flatten the curve. We wanted to and and I find it kind of humorous, I guess, the beginning of this when we look at uh, February, March of last year, around this time last year, we look at what were some of the things that were going on. And, and it's important, and, and the reason I bring this up, in the context of history, you you understand, you look at things, then you kind of hold it up to the prism maybe of truth, and you say, okay, where did we go wrong? And And for all of the people that are out there that are so anti-left, so pro-conservative, so positive Trump, please understand, when I say the things I'm going to say, they may not be flattering, but they may not be flattering on both sides. I think there are definitely things that number 45 could have done to potentially get himself to 46, and there were things that the Dems did horribly on the left that were an outright power grab. Remember one of the things that Rob Emanuel said, uh, President Obama's chief of staff, he said, we never let a crisis go to waste. There's always an opportunity there. And for men and women, for people in elected office to look at things in that way, to look at things in that nature, to look at things through that prism, is very, very disconcerting. So when we talk about where we were last year, you remember the beginning of, of this was just a couple of people 
were sick, and they were sick, and I believe it was Seattle, Washington. Uh, if you've never been to Seattle, Seattle-Tacoma Airport, uh, Washington State, Seattle is a, a huge hub for people coming from all nations, but specifically Asian nations, and there is a very high Asian uh, population there. Beautiful place, warm culture, great people, but that was kind of where it had started to come in, and you look at things like the cruise ships, so we had cruise ships that were aimlessly just sort of set out to drift because they couldn't come into port. You had a lot of different things that were, because um, we didn't have a lot of information at the time. We knew that things came from Wuhan uh, in China as uh, the president calls it. I don't, does anybody ever just really like that? I sometimes wish I could just hear him say things like, China, and 100%, everyone knows this, you know, um, just more often. And, and I hear he's going to be launching his own sort of uh, media platform here soon. So maybe we'll get back to the crazy Trumpisms and all of the uh, wonderful things that he used to say. Uh, but you have, you have this, this start, right? And I remember in, in the, the company I worked for at the time, uh, you know, hey, it's only a couple of people. This may not come here. This may not be a big deal. This may not be a problem. And I remember thinking to myself, not because I'm all-knowing or I'm all-powerful or, you know, whatever. I'm always right, but I'm, I may not know everything. And I remember thinking, this is going to go bad. I don't know why I had that feeling. This is going to go bad. And when we talk about the slow pivot away from democracy, when we talk about our elected officials not letting a catastrophe or an issue or a problem go to waste, it's really during this time that the government begins to assert some of what I call emergency powers. Yes, Victor, they used that in Russia as well, did they not? We have emergency powers to make you do everything. Yes, Victor, I do realize um, they did that a lot during the good old days in the 50s, 60s, and 70s when the Ruskies were trying to beat us at every... Yes, I know, in ping pong as well. Yes, and weightlifting. I don't know why you'd bring that up, but weightlifting, okay, they tried to beat us at weightlifting as well, but... Getting back to this, I thought it was interesting when you look back at some of these things in history. And I'm going to I'm going to pull just two examples. Two examples historically where the government was able to use an emergency, right, wrong or indifferent. They were able to use an emergency to do things that probably under normal circumstances people would have went um okay, why? Why are, why are you doing this? And people would have stood up and said, no, this is wrong. And they would have banged their fists and shook their heads and said, no, that, that you're not going to do this. If you'll remember, some of you may be old enough, but a lot of us are not, during Pearl Harbor, after Pearl Harbor and the subsequent months and years after that, the rounding up of, of Asian Americans, of Asian Americans, let me say that again, Asian Americans, American citizens rounding them up and putting them into internment camps. And I, I was actually watching a very interesting documentary about this the other day because I'm a nerd. It's okay. World War II in color. And one of the people that, that were, was there was actually in the internment camp said, you know, they brought us in here and they kept telling us it was for our own protection. 
Side note, kids, anytime the government says something is for your own protection, probably is not a good thing. Whenever the government starts, when good old Mitch McConnell's Tarkinex says, I think the American people want that, as soon as he says that, it's probably time to turn the channel. When Pelosi says, we're going to have to sign the bill, we're going to have to pass it before you can read it. Probably good to take that and eh, it's making me a little bit nauseous. But it's always an emergency. They rounded them up and and one of the things that that one of the the people I was watching on the actual uh, documentary said is, you know, they put us in these in these places. They put us, they, you know, out in the desert in the middle of nowhere, far away from our homes and our businesses and our lives. And they put up these walls and they put up these sentry posts, but the guns were pointed in. They weren't pointed outside. They weren't there to keep a crazy, radical mob of crazy white people from storming in and just getting retribution and killing all of those Japanese people. No, no, the guns were trained inside because the government was afraid. And when the government is afraid, what do they do? They take emergency power. Fast forward. let's, Let's go forward in time. Anybody remember the Boston bombing? Anybody remember the subsequent three to four days that happened after the Boston bombing where essentially martial law was actually declared without it being declared? Does anybody remember how that particular American town, I I believe at the time we're talking the ninth or tenth most populated city in the country, we're talking Boston. Remember the Boston Tea Party? Remember all of that stuff? No, Victor. I don't know if Tom Brady was in town. I don't. I don't know where he was. I don't keep track of him normally. Victor wants to know if Tom was actually in town and he was affected by this because he's going to start a GoFundMe for it. Listen, Victor. I don't think Tom needs your money. I know emotional pain. I get it. But they shut down this entire city because there had been a bombing. Horrible, horrible thing. Please don't. No, I'm not. I'm not saying that this wasn't a bad thing. But we start talking about things like the Bill of Rights. We start talking about things like the Constitution. And then we have these things that happen. All the railways are shut down. All the buses are shut down. Businesses are told, shut down. People are told to stay inside, to lock your doors, and to cover your windows. But, but Michael, there, there was people out there and we didn't know what was going on and we we could have had problems and what if another bomb would have went off let me tell you in many ways i agree but in many ways we can do the things that we need to do law enforcement government military we can do those things and stay within the framework of the bill of rights So you basically have an entire population shut down for several days. And it begins to set a precedence. It begins to set a a tone, if you will. And specifically, now now, I know the Boston bombing was after 9-11, I get it. But 9-11 set a lot of things into motion where looking back, we're, we're, we're at the 20th year this year. September will be the 20th year that that horrible event happened on that beautiful Tuesday in September. I I remember that day. 
it, it blows my mind that there will be some children that are, are going to start growing up and, and entering the workforce that they were born post 9-11 and, and they have they have no idea what it's like the world was before that. But you have things like the FISA courts. You have things like all of the different, um, just the apparatus of data collecting and all of the surveillance and everything that comes out of that. And we begin this slow march. And so fast forward to 2020, there begins to be rumblings. Well, it would actually be the end of 19, but there begins to be the rumblings of this virus from Wuhan, and nobody quite knows what it is, and nobody quite knows what's going on. But I'll tell you this, it's going to drastically affect our lives. It's going to drastically affect how we live. It's going to drastically affect how we work. It's going to drastically affect how we vote, it's going to drastically affect all of those things. So when we talk about COVID-19, it's important for us to look back. It's important for us to understand. And, and, and here, here's the deal. First responders, amazing people. Doctors, nurses, amazing people. I would honestly say, and, and you know, the pharmaceutical companies get a, a fair amount of crap for how they will price and market a medication, how, how they will do all that. But I will tell you, through the Operation Warp Speed, there was a lot to be desired for the government's initial response. And hindsight is always twenty twenty. We can always look back and say, we should have done this, we should have done that. I know in the beginning there was issues with uh, masks and getting masks and 3M couldn't make them and, and all of this different stuff. I mean, it's so funny how quickly we forget. It's so funny how everything seems to have kind of dropped off as far as... Well, really, all the news after January 20th, 2021, I mean, Uncle Joe and come on, la, 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 are in office and everything is, is good. Everything is good because they won and Uncle Joe's in the house and Uncle Joe's going to make everything better. And if you'll notice, we're not really talking about the virus in the context of we don't know what to do, we don't know how to control it, we don't know all of that. No, no, no. We're talking now about vaccines, which they said weren't going to work. We're talking about social distancing. We're talking about keeping things locked down, which they were all in favor of. And the complete narrative has changed. The complete narrative of what is going on after I will faithfully execute the office of the President of the United States? So help me God. Everything changes after that. And, and suddenly, we're not really talking about all of that anymore. We're talking about moving forward. We're talking about now the vaccine that they said wasn't good. Now we need to go ahead and get it. Everybody needs to get it. You need to put it in your arms. You need to you need to get the vaccine. It's safe. I'm going to I'm going to take the vaccine and I'm going to take it on camera. 
Now, for all the... Victor, I, I know. Was there anything in the actual vial? I know, Victor. See, Victor is, is kind of the, the skeptic uh, here of our producer pool. What was in there? Were they just giving Joe some normal saline? Were they giving him the actual... Uh, you know, I don't know because I wasn't there. I didn't see it. But now everything that was demonized under 45 is now all good under 46. And I, I find it interesting that we don't we don't really hear about people dying of the flu. We People basically stop dying of almost any sort of cancer, if, if you remember correctly. Um, it seemed like people didn't have car accidents. Now, the rate that we drive was actually incredibly diminished. I actually found it really amazing that, and I don't know if your, your auto insurance company did that, but mine reduced my rates because they knew I wasn't going anywhere. Therefore, my risk was greatly reduced. But you look at things like interning Japanese Americans in the 40s. You look at things like everything that came out of 9-11. You look at everything that came out of the Boston bombing. I mean, do you remember the picture? And, and I, it, it, it was one of those things where you looked at it and you just kind of had to shake your head because it was, man, this is a quite a crazy time we live in. If you remember the picture, I believe it was uh, Time Magazine uh, had a picture of a soldier. Uh, he wouldn't have been a soldier. He would have been a SWAT officer, my, my mistake. A SWAT officer full combat gear. I mean, he is he is tacked out. He is tacty cool, right? Like he's he's taking care of business. They're looking for the Boston bombers and he delivered milk to the woman's house. I I don't know if you guys remember that picture, but he has got it it looks to be about a, a gallon of milk and he's handing it to a woman and and I believe the woman had a baby in her hand. And I remember that picture being of the benevolence of, you know, the government taking care of people, even during this difficult time. The officer went above and beyond. Hey, that's great. And, and, and God bless that officer. I mean, you'll never find a person that's more pro-law enforcement than me. But you got to wonder the need for that. Why did the officer need to get the milk for the woman because she was locked in her own home, because the government said it wasn't safe to come out, because the government said that there was a threat. So we're going to take a little break. We're going to come back, and we're going to talk about not only the threat of COVID-19, the perceived threat of COVID-19, and all of the like. Now, did you know that you could actually support the Mike is Always Right podcast? Did you know that there are options for you to support the podcast monthly? Uh, you can donate as little as 99 cents a month to the Mike is Always Right podcast. I mean, kind of blows your mind, right? So one of the things that I've begun to tell people is, listen, skip the gordita and support a grajita. So if you would like to take the time to donate, to give to the Mike is Always Right podcast, we would definitely like that. We'll be back in a minute. Welcome back to our second segment for this uh, episode three. 
Welcome back to the Mike As Always podcast. I'm your host, Mike, and as you may have guessed, I am always right. Um, When we look at COVID-19, when we look at things that have happened, when we look at some of the issues that we're facing, and and I want to get specifically to the COVID-19 bill, I want to get to the things that are passed, and, and I want us to really kind of look at some of the things that went into this. And, and, and to start, I want to say this, I don't necessarily believe that a lot of the uh, measures, a lot of what people are calling the pork, mm, pork, sorry, I got distracted there. I don't believe that a lot of the pork is necessarily bad. What I don't think is good is that they wrapped all of this up in a package that did have necessary and vital information in it, necessary and vital actions that needed to happen. I don't like wrapping all of that in, but that is very typical of what the government does, right? The government will take something like a defense spending act, which 99.2648% of all Americans will say, we need to spend money on military. We need to increase the pay for uh, soldiers, for sailors, for airmen, for Marines. We need to increase their pay. They need a cost of living increase. We need to fix the barracks. We need to fix base housing. We need better missiles. We need better guns. All of that great stuff. Nobody will will want to vote against that. Um, unless you're crazy Bernie and Bernie votes against everything. Bernie doesn't care what's going on. He's going to vote against it. Um, so you, you have these things, right, where nobody is going to, you know, in their right mind, going to have to go back to their constituents and say, no, I voted not to give Airman O'Malley, you know, a 2% raise because the guy can't make ends meet. Nobody's going to say that. So what they do is they tag all of this extra pork, all of this extra stuff in there and basically put it on something that essentially has to be voted on. It has to be voted yes on, and they're going to push it right through. So am I against the funding of schools for the next 10 years? No, I am not against funding of schools. I think that schools need to be better funded. Um, I do have issues with the teachers unions and how they have evolved into more of a self-seeking, self-serving organization when really it should be about the children. Um, now, full full disclosure, there was a time in a season when my daughter did not go to school um, because we did have some concerns over how the school was managing um you know, protocols as far as distancing and masks and all of that great stuff. Um, I do have an immunocompromised uh, person living in my home. My wife is currently pregnant. Uh, So you you check all those boxes. But at some point we said, you know, the risks of this to us are very low. We can accept these risks. And, you know, we chose to send our child back to school. You know, when you talk about risks, when you talk about um, COVID, when you talk about lockdowns, when you talk about all of this, what the government essentially did was said, we're not going to allow you to think for yourself. We are going to shut down. And you you businesses um, think about doing outdoor seating. You, you businesses think about doing and, and pivoting more to a takeout Yes, Victor, I know takeout is the greatest thing ever, 
and DoorDash, yes, I would love to have them as a sponsor, Victor. I know we've both paid them a lot of money. They should be our sponsor. You know, if you know somebody, Victor, hook me up with that. DoorDash, one of the greatest things ever. Shipped, uh, you know, Instacart. You know, it's 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 one of those business models that has, has been able to really thrive in this environment. But you look at the COVID-19 bill and, and you kind of got to ask yourself, would we be in this spot? If people were allowed to make decisions based on knowledge, based on freedom, based on our Constitution, where people would be able to say, no, I don't think that's a good thing for me and mine. I think I'm going to do this. Right? But no, no, no. We, we had an emergency. It's an emergency. It's an emergency. People are dying. We got the president on and Cuomo's on right after him. Don't talk about that guy. No, no, just send him, send him back to the nursing homes. No, it's fine. And thousands of people died because of that. So you can say, hey, we wanted to be safe. We wanted to be protected. We wanted to be that. That's great. But if we could do it the American way, and when I say the American way, what do I mean? I mean giving the information and letting the American people make the best possible decision that they can based on all of the information that we have and living with that decision. You look at places like South Dakota. I don't think South Dakota ever did a shutdown. I don't think South Dakota ever mandated a mask. I don't think Wyoming did, did that either. Now, are they different from the populations of, say, California, New York, Florida? Yes, they are very different. They are very spread out. They are very rural. I get that. But it's a mentality that says, no, we're going to let our people make the best decision. We're going to recommend that you social distance. We're going to recommend that when you have tiny children over your house, you don't light something on fire on top of a pastry and let them spit all over it. God, that's a thing, right? Like you invite all the kids over. I, you know, I'm, I'm a Hispanic uh, uh, person. And so it always blew my mind when we would have our, our Hispanic traditions of the piñata and we would fill the piñata, which was basically your favorite cartoon character. And we would take turns beating it with a baseball bat until it bled out blood. And then we'd all rush in and we'd try to... How weird is that? Does I mean, does anybody on any level understand that? So... You look at some of the most interesting things that, that we did back then, and, and, and y'all, I'm just going to tell you, we were dirty. We were some dirty people back then. And, and we learned. We learned about washing your hands. We learned about social distancing. We learned about all of this different stuff that we needed to do to keep ourselves safe. The thing that I did not like, I do not like, I will not stand for, I do not think is appropriate is when the government says you have to do this. When the government says, we're going to round you up and put you in internment camp. When the government says, we're going to put your city on lockdown. We're going to freeze all cell phone signals. We're not going to let you out of your house. We're going to close down your businesses. This is for your own good. But here's where it starts. Remember Dr. Burks? We just need 14 days to flatten the curve. God bless her, man. I'm, I'm sure she was probably giving the best possible information that she could. And, and all of the medical professionals are doing their best. But really, 14 or 15 days, now it's been over a year. 
And look at the segments of our population that have absolutely been wrecked because of this. Children not going to school. People not being able to go out. And yes, I know, Victor, you like to go to your pub. I, I know, I get it. Okay, I don't know why I got to use the Russian voice every time I talk to Victor, but it's it's just a weird thing. And, and it, it does make him laugh. Just so you know, he's not offended. He's not attempting to cancel me because I do my important Russian voice when I talk about Victor. But look at all of these things that you weren't really allowed to make a decision about. And, and, and here's the deal. On, on its face, let me just say this. If you choose to get the vaccine, good for you. If you choose to social distance and sit in your basement with a you know tinfoil hat, man, good for you. You do you. Here's the problem that I have when the government says, you have to do this. When someone says, you have to do that. Now, this is your private property, Costco. This is your private property, The Quick Trip. This is your private property, 7-Eleven. I get it. And if I want to come in and I want to get nachos, if I want to come in and I want to get nachos or, or tacos or whatever the case may be, and I got to wear a mask, okay. That's your private property. When the government says that there's going to be a mask mandate, when you're shamed because you don't do that, that's where I have a problem. We should be able to, as adults, as Americans, be able to make our own decisions. So you fast forward to this bill, and I find it interesting that the total bill was 1.9, just shy of $2 trillion, okay? When 45 wanted 2.1, they wouldn't give it to him. And they include the stimulus checks, which, which here's the thing. I'm not going to come out and say that the stimulus checks are wrong. I'm just going to ask why. Run with me on this one. One of the best ways to cure an economy that is in a downward spiral is to let people go back to work. <laughs> Am I right? One of the best things to do, you can look at the microcosm of the state of Florida, how the state of Florida has handled the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. They went through their lockdown. They did what they needed to do. And remember, remember this, the lockdown wasn't to stop the spread. Go back and look, go back at what they're talking about. It wasn't to stop the spread of the virus. It was actually to take the strain off of our hospital system so that if people weren't infected, they wouldn't go to the hospital. There were times when the hospitals were at 92, 94, 96% capacity for ICU beds. They didn't have the ventilators. They didn't have the things that they needed. So it wasn't necessarily let's stop the spread of the virus so people won't get sick. We needed to stop the spread of the virus to ease the burden on the hospital system because the hospital system was definitely taxed. You look at the sending of the hospital ships. You remember that? I mean, they said it wouldn't be ready for months to get the Mercy and the Hope outfitted and ready to go. The president had it done in less than 10 days, setting sail, going to New York, going to Los Angeles. And then, and then what happened? They, they didn't even use them. Right? So you look at this, what was flattening the curve supposed to do? It was supposed to ease the hospital restrictions, ease the hospital admissions, so that we would be able to better take care of the people who were sick. So you have all of that. 
you have the first stimulus package, which I will say this, the first two stimulus packages I agree with because of the government's grab at power. The government's oversight that said, you need to shut down, you need to close your store, you know, Lenny's Shoe Store down in Rochester, you can't sell your shoes anymore, Lenny. Beverly's Taco Stand out in Pacoima, you, you can't sell your tacos, Beverly, I'm sorry, they're tasty, they're juicy, they're delicious, but you can't sell them right now, Beverly. And we shut it down and the government said, an appropriate response to this is going to be direct payments we're going to you know, do a moratorium on, on people getting you know, uh, their homes repossessed. We're going to do all that. Okay, I get it. One is the direct influence of the other. But now you come to the new COVID-19 bill that, that, that Uncle Joe signed for us. And the problem that I have is the direct payments, the everything that comes with it is just a lot of crap mixed in with some fun, mixed in with some pet projects to make this worse. I don't know if you understand the pivot towards and the pivot away from democracy means that the people have to be so dependent on the government that the government has to be their lifeline. Never, ever let a good catastrophe go to waste. So you look at things like bailout for the big blue cities who have not run their cities right in decades. Bailout for those guys. We look at bailouts for, for the schools. We look at bailouts for minority farmers. So if you're a black or a Hispanic and you're a farmer, good news. You're going to get bailed out. If you're a white farmer, not so much. You should just not be as white. And we'd like to welcome our new sponsor, Coca-Cola. Just kidding. Please don't sue me. I'm half white, and I'm sorry for that, Coke. No, I'm kidding. I'm more of a Dr. Pepper guy myself. Die, Dr. Pepper, actually. But you look at all of this different stuff, and the question that I have is, was there a need for it? Everybody wants to get the money, but that money comes at a cost. What does that cost? You don't even know yet what that cost is because some of the things that were put into this pork infused bill aren't even going to be delivered for another decade but what did they really miss out on because the pressure got to be a lot what did they really miss out on they really missed out on the 15 dollars minimum wage how in the world was that to be tied in with an economic stimulus bill so we could put people back to work that didn't have jobs to go back to? So that was one of the, the, the key misses on their agenda. And really what this is going to do is this is going to set us up for 2022 and 2024. Mark my words on this. Mike is always right podcast, episode number three. The fight for 15 is going to be turned up to a, a, a 11 D, okay? Joe is not going to run for a second term. He can't. He he just, if any of you saw the half gainer that he did trying to go up the stairs to Air Force One, I don't know if it's appropriate for a Secret Service agent to walk with him side by side and just make sure he doesn't slip and fall, kind of like they did with Hillary back in 16. Joe's not there, guys. He's never been there. 
It has been the Harris-Biden deal, and they're going to look to get their agenda taken care of. Every stimulus package before this had bipartisan support because we could see that the American people were hurting. Now, at this time, the American people need to be allowed, and I can't believe I'm even saying this, allowed to go back to their jobs allowed to go back to their businesses and open their businesses and be what they want to be, be who they want to be, where, where, where would the stimulus be? We wouldn't need stimulus if our economy was humming along like it was at the end of 2019, beginning of 2020. But no, what they do is they put all of this stuff in together. They give you about 8, 9, 10% of it that's actual COVID relief. And they put all the pork in there and they say, well, those Republicans, the, this thing is, what, what, what do they always say? It's affecting the black community more, and, and it's affecting Asian people more, and it's affecting Hispanic people more, and we're trying to give them direct payments. Do you not like those people? Well, God, nobody wants to be called a racist, right? And so these things are passed, these things are put in, and, and, and where do we go from this? Let me tell you where we go from this. If you are a conservative... And, and this is the funny thing. I, I've, I've heard people online and the Twitter sphere and, and different news reports and stuff. They say, you know, well, I just don't know what I'm going to do with my $1,400. No, you know what you're going to do with your $1,400. You're not going to give it back because you're not stupid. What if we did something amazing with our stimulus money? What if we did something great with it like we gave to our local food pantry? What if we went and bought a year's worth of dog food for our canine officers in our community? Like, really, really good stuff, right? What if we gave to that PTSD foundation that helps soldiers when you consider 22 to 23 soldiers a day commit suicide because of the atrocities that they live through in combat? What if we gave a lot of money to our local church? What if we took that and gave it to a 501c3 organization and then got a tax write-off for it? Double victory, right? I'm not saying you have to go out and buy beer and smokes. I'm not saying that you have to go out and do this. But why don't you consider doing something good? Why don't you consider doing something amazing? Why don't you consider doing something right? With this terrible evil that's been done. And when I say terrible evil, I mean that. Because when one party decides... And I will, I will say this... Not just because the left decided, not just because no Republicans voted for it, not just because any conservatives didn't, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that. When one party rules, when one party goes too far to one side or the other, that is when we have serious problems. We need to be able to hold fast to our ideals. We need to be able to compromise where we can compromise and work with other people because they're Americans too. They love this country too. They may have a different view as to how we look at things or how we get to the end result. But what do we really want? We want freedom. We want freedom. And we want the ability to do what we need to do as Americans and go our own way. So now what are the next big fights? And, and, and please don't misunderstand me. When we talk about some of this stuff, some of this stuff is good. An infrastructure bill, an infrastructure bill would be great. Why? Because it would put people to work. You know, what would have also put people to work. Keystone pipeline. Throwing that out there, guys. Throwing that out there. So we're going to work to pivot towards 2022 
And what's the narrative going to be? The narrative is going to be that the left took care of you, that the left was the one that, that passed the bill. The left was the one that gave you all these benefits and you need to go ahead. The, the Republicans didn't take care of you. The conservatives, they they all voted against it. They didn't want to do this. No, what they wanted to do was they wanted to be like Florida. House of Mouse, let's look at this. Orlando, they've been open for months. Universal, they've been open for months. In Florida? California, not so much. And people are going out of their mind crazy because they don't have jobs. Don't give me a stimulus check that I'm going to burn through because, you know, give me the ability to go back to work. Let me open up my business. So 2022 and 2024, I will tell you this, is going to be a contrast. It is going to be, and, and this is going to be the difficult narrative for your uneducated, for the people who, who you know, are only going to look at things on the surface and they're not going to do a deep dive. They're going to look at it and say, who gave me stuff when I had need? Oh, these people did. And it'll be Harris, whoever. I'm selling out for Harris Warren. I think that's going to happen. I think they're going to say, what's better than one woman? Two women in office. And listen, I have a wife. I have a daughter. I have another daughter on the way. I'm tired of gender politics. I'm tired of saying, hey, I've got three white guys. I need to hire three black guys. Hire people because they're the right fit. Give people the right job because they're the right fit. Elect people not because of their gender, not because of their age, not because of their color, not because of man. Hire them, vote for them because they're the right pick for the job. Not because they check a box. You know, I didn't agree with Barack Obama on a lot of the different things that he did. There were some things that I think that he did quite well. I, but I, I don't agree with, we're going to elect this guy because he's black. We're going to elect this person because she's a woman. That's why we didn't have the coronation in 2016 of Hillary Clinton. Because I think people honestly believed, no, look at her record. Look at her record in the Senate. Look at her record with Benghazi. And you're telling me that I'm supposed to ignore all of this stuff, all of the conflicts of interest, all of the servers, all of the, all that stuff. I'm supposed to ignore that because this person has a uterus. No, Victor, I don't know. I don't know if she's still... Okay, maybe that wasn't a good thing because she's a female. No, we need to vote for a candidate because they're the right candidate for the job. Whether they're... Female, male, black, red, brown, purple, pink. I don't care. Who can do the job right? And that's what 2022 and 2024 is going to be all about. Picking the right candidates who are conservative, who will take the message, who will get things done, and who won't take the crap. Who won't say we're not going to be giving out all of this stuff anymore. We're just going to open up and we're going to let the capitalist market, which crushed communism in the 80s, which liberated the entire world during World War II, the best and the brightest, the great, as, uh, uh, who was it, uh, uh, Dan Rather, no, it wasn't Dan Rather, uh, the greatest generation, that was Tom Brokaw, the greatest generation, look at all the things that we have done, let's get back to doing those things, let's get back to freedom, we've got an uphill battle, 2022 is coming quicker than you think, 2024 is going to be here very, very soon, I doubt Joe is going to last his entire four years, I think at some point, Kamala la la la, Kamala la, 
Kamala. I think Kamala is going to step in because Joe cognitively is just not there. And I say that living with a man who has dementia, dementia in my house, my father-in-law, one of the one. I, I will tell you this: second greatest man I've ever known on this planet is my father-in-law. Watching him digress is very sad. Watching the president as a human being digress, very sad. But don't forget, if you're good little boys and girls, Uncle Joe may let you have a 4th of July picnic. But don't invite a lot of friends. Just a couple. Don't let us pivot away from democracy. Don't let this happen. Rise up. Use your voice. Well, hey, that's all the time we got for this episode of Mike is Always Right podcast. Please do me a favor. Hit that like. Hit that subscribe button. Please, if you if you have questions, you can reach out. There's actually a link where you can send voicemail uh, messages. And there's also that donate button where you can support the show. Uh, you know, just like Rush used to say, talent on loan from God. Uh, my talent is on loan from God, but I'm paying a 6% interest rate on it. And the payments are basically due monthly. So please donate. Please help support our program. Thank Thank you so much. We'll see you next time.